I can hit the switch when it's playoff time. <laughs> yeah, we've been gorging. We've been gorging on football for days. Sunday was supposed to not be as much of a feast as it turned out to be. We have expletives. We have shocking results. We have Bill Barnwell, Dominique. This, this. We also is- have Spencer. Oh, and, Spencer and some Hall. college stuff wow. later. Also wow. Dominique, you mentioned me. Dominique immediately just starts to get me off the trail. Get rid I of did. I, just, I wanted day. the people to, to know. The that tension is, in got, this locker room has been simmering for some weeks. Sweet potatoes, but we also got some carrot cake. I, I, are, you, are you calling me your sweet potato, Dominique Foxworth? <laughs> You're damn right. I like it. Oh, there we go. I'm back. I'm back in. Alabaster, check out those yams, man. I mean, come on. Undeniable. <laughs> Undeniable. undeniable you know who else is undeniable mike white and the jets mm-hmm. and we should start there is it clear to you that the jets should be starting mike white for the rest of the season dominique is already rolling his eyes bill <laughs> <laughs> you could not be more over the the, uh, the mike white uh, revolution uh, i'm not over the white mike revolution white mike is a fine quarterback they played the Bears. I'm sorry to rain on people's parade. I'm sure that this has been pointed out that um, Zach Wilson had a game against the Patriots, who I think uh, by analytics, the best defense in, uh, I think by EPA, the best defense in football at that point. Pretty tough. Uh, Mike White went up against the Bears, who Eddie Jackson, very good safety. But they had one play that felt like it was a microcosm of the Bears season where Eddie Jackson is sitting on the turf holding his injured foot while Garrett Wilson runs for a touchdown. And Eddie is just like, eh, leave it. We're done. And like, I get it. But, yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't want to be a parade rainer. Yes, let's do a parade for Mike White and the Jets, but let's just make sure it's on the side streets. This ain't a Main Street parade. I no, don't want to mess no, up New York no. City traffic for this parade. That's all don't. I'm saying. Don't run over Eddie Jackson sitting on the concrete <laughs> with your parade is what you're saying. Now, I know normally on this show, I'm supposed to be the voice of reason. I'm with two lunatics who are just going to say the most nonsensical <laughs> stuff possible. Of course, Mike White should be starting for the New York Jets from here on out. I, I think the point about defensive quality is valid. But remember, Mike White only got benched last year because he had a four interception game against who? the Buffalo Bills. Before that, he had a great game against the Bengals, who, by the way, made it to the Super Bowl at the end of the season. Why is Mike White's leash a week long, but Zach Wilson's leash was like two and a half months long before they finally benched him? Oh, no, I agree. I also like that we always say his full name. That's nice. I like Mike White. I don't know. I I, I prefer the comma and switch it over, (laughs) go with White Mike, personally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a, the answer to this question is obvious. Yeah, I think and there's no argument there. I'm just mm-hmm. preemptively cooling off the Mike White parade. You know who is not, you know, who is not, you know, who is not chilling out, you know, who mm-hmm. is dry as hell as they're cheerleading oh, this parade. Everybody that's... in that locker room, Dominique, mm-hmm. yeah. the subtweets after the game, not only did he complete like, yeah. Passes to like 10 different receivers. He made the mm-hmm. defense feel better about themselves. Certainly Garrett Wilson feeling a lot better about themselves. Um, the crowd, mm-hmm. to, to pluralize them, yes, chanting Mike White. 
by the end of this, <sighs> which is just his full name. His full name as contractually obligated. I mean, look, mm-hmm. it, yes, is it the lowest bar imaginable to be better than a guy who couldn't throw for eighty yards and threw his entire team under the bus, basically? Sure, but man, it must have felt good. Like this is tough, man. <laughs> the whole you know, the whole stadium and the most populated American city, the media mm-hmm. mecca of the world. They uh, did it. His backup's name. Uh, just a few quarters after he was the starter, just a couple seasons after he was the number one pick. They didn't <sighs> even let him dress, Bill. Zach Wilson <laughs> stood on the sideline, didn't uh. even have a jersey. They gave mm. that man a raincoat. They said, you know, boy. They gave him a parka. <laughs> I need to give you the floor here because I know you had a very rough afternoon. Moments before the Bears-Jets game, there were reports that Nathan Peterman was expected oh, to play. Yeah. That uh, Bears starting quarterback Trevor Simeon had injured his oblique and was not going to be able to play. You emotionally and mentally prepared yourself for an emergency Peterman start. And then it turned out Trevor Simeon was okay to play. Nathan Peterman did not suit up Pablo. How are you feeling this evening? You know, it's like when, uh, like, they tried to... Buckle up, everybody. They tried to roll the rock away from where Lazarus was, (laughs) but he was still there. And I'm like, I thought... I thought he was, he was back. The Peter Ben was what, supposed what? to be back, but he was just uh, there. He was still in his tomb. That was he when he said there. roll the rock away. I thought you meant Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and I was confused. I didn't remember him in that story. Honestly, the Rock should put him in the XFL. Like that's mm, a good idea. That's a good point. Can we talk mm-hmm. about the Bengals, please? Yeah, let's move on <laughs> to the Bengals. <laughs> a, a happy story because we're only allowed that's to how, make that's fun how of bad I am. for one <laughs> week. Um, let's move yes, on. Good. We feel Thank bad you. for Nathan Peterman, and we feel bad for Zach Wilson. So let's talk about the Bengals. <sighs> I don't feel the... bad for Nathan Peterman. Yeah, I don't I feel, bad, Nathan feel Peter. bad for Nathan Peterman. I was, I just, I just was bored of it. And I was protecting Pablo from offending people by saying Nathan Peterman is Jesus. Okay, that's all. That's fair. Uh, do you think the Bengals are good enough to get to the Super Bowl again? Speaking of yes. heresy, <laughs> no, really, <laughs> really. Okay, Dominique hits us with a yes, like half question mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're better than they were last year, in my view. I mean, at their best, they are better than they were last year. And when um Chase gets back, if he is, I mean, some version of himself can build himself mm-hmm. up to the best level, I think that they're better than they were last year. The AFC is worse than it was last year, at least based on how teams are playing right now. So, yeah, why not? They can beat the Chiefs. That's the big, like, question is, can you beat the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. They are a team that... Has beaten the Chiefs. I would not bet on them to beat the Chiefs, but saying that they're not a contender in the AFC seems like a hell of a stretch. Are they the best team in their division, let alone the conference? Were they last year? They did win the division last year, so yeah, they were. Pretty much by definition, the best team in the division. I mean, Were they last year? Do you think they were the best team in the division last year? Yes, because Lamar got hurt. Uh, the Browns had Baker Mayfield and the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger, so yes. 
You uh, win. But that said, I have a that, late breaking up one. a late breaking update. Uh, Lamar Fantastic. Jackson just lost to the Jaguars, so uh, yeah. maybe update <laughs> your standings. Yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson did just uh, spend his post game celebration murdering people on Twitter for suggesting that he does not deserve a significant contract. This is Bengals <laughs> conversation, Alabaster. I don't know why you're stopping us. Please. That's exactly. I do want to ask about the Bengals. I like, you know, you look at this team. And they probably have the third best quarterback in the NFL. They've had what mm-hmm. looks like maybe the season from hell so far with injuries to Mixon, Higgins, Chase, Chase. various points, appendicitis for Joe Burrow. If they're healthy at the right time, shouldn't we take them seriously as a team that can beat anyone? We do. We do take them seriously. I mean, maybe Bill doesn't, but the rest of us take them seriously. I, isn't- I mean, isn't the opposite true, though? I mean, they did not play well in this game. They beat Tennessee, which, hey, tough team to beat. But wasn't like this was some dominant performance where they threw the ball for 450 yards and they looked unstoppable. Like, they squeaked by Tennessee in this game. They were not playing dominant football. I'm concerned about the health. I think it's a legit thing. I mean, Jamar Chase, we don't know that he's going to come back at 100% or not re-aggravate that injury. Joe Mixon is out with a concussion. Shadobia Wouzier, their star cornerback, is out for the year. Their best cornerback right now, Dominique, is a guy by the name of Eli Apple. Mm. Do you he guy, wasn't naked? Great he, he was their best quarterback last year. No, Wouzier like, was their best cornerback last yeah, year. Can you yeah. make it through the postseason with Eli Apple as your best outside cornerback against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? That's a different conversation than we had last year. Um, it may be challenging, but he, I guess I would say rather than against Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, against Stefan Diggs and yes. I guess Kadarius Tony. I mean, Stefan Diggs could be a problem. They do have a good pass rush, which means they can dedicate some more resources to For like sure. to helping double and cover those players. Mm-hmm. I guess what it comes down to me is can I envision a scenario where they can beat those two, either one or both of those top two teams? Right mm-hmm. now, when I look at both of those teams, they seem like they are beatable. That's, and I guess, in. With uh, the capability of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in their defense, yeah, the corners is an issue, but the pass rush is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I would consider them a contender. A favorite? No. But a no. contender? Yes. I mean, the Bills just pretty much lost to the Lions, which, I mean, they didn't, <laughs> but pretty much pretty did. Much. I mean, they pretty got much. outplayed by the Lions. It's just that Superman decided to Superman at the end. They got that PML column filling up with pretty much losses. Yeah, all oh. you know, you know, you keep a PLM column too. It's not just mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, though? We'll life, life is I'll nothing but PMLs, guys. I mean, That's I guess true. the, I guess the, I guess the Bengals had a pretty much lost to uh, Sunday themselves. <laughs> yeah, and they pretty much lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. And, uh, all right, fine. You so want to say they're not contenders? All right, no, whatever. not contenders. Here's what I want, right. here's what I want to Throw say. Them out. Print it. They beat. No, no, no. They beat Tennessee. Now, Print it. Chiefs, Bucks. Patriots, Bills, Ravens. You win three, four of those games, I'm with you. They go two and three, I'm out. I mean, but then it's, oh, goodness. It just feels like at that point, you haven't projected anything. Well, here's the good if news. They win those here's games, the good news. We all know. The oh, good yeah, news yeah. is that they play the Chiefs next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out how to keep this interminable argument that has been expertly asked by Alabaster going. Good ass, Alabaster. It was a good question tonight. It was a good question. Eh. 
And next. we honored it by talking about the Bengals the entire time without <laughs> yes. any interruptions. Definitely. Guess what's next? Let's talk about the other team in the a- a- AFC North. Did you learn more mm. about the Ravens or Trevor Lawrence and the Jags today? Mm. I mean, that's an interesting question. Okay, to me, the easy answer is Trevor Lawrence because he played the yep. best game of his NFL career. And if you're a Jags mm-hmm. fan, you suddenly feel like legitimately good about yourself. That seems <laughs> like new important information. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I think we didn't learn anything about the Ravens that we didn't already know. <laughs> like it seems like this has been the Ravens for this season. And yeah, and they, they get a lot of goodwill because they're the Ravens. And they have a track record that we trust and believe in, but they've been like struggling this whole season and that's who they are. But yeah, you're right. The Trevor Lawrence played incredibly well against the Ravens defense that can be confounding. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're good. Sometimes they're atrocious, but he made big plays at important moments. And yeah, that's exciting and interesting. Even if he shows a glimpse of, the number one overall pick, which you thought you were getting, that's more than he showed for much of last year. And this whole season, I yes. feel like he's been showing like little bits, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. was like the first kind of game yeah. where it's like, all right, a real legitimate opponent. What you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys? Win it. Bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth quarter, Bill. The fourth quarter feels like the story here, right? For Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it was yes, fifteen of mm-hmm. nineteen, one hundred and seventy-three mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns, the game winner. The two-point conversion, which took all of the yeah analytics uh, cojones that we normally no. decry. Uh, no, oh, oh, Pablo, no. It's not analytics when you do something that is not traditional and you succeed. Oh yeah, that's yeah, aggressiveness. Yeah. <laughs> it's only analytics if you try some <laughs> that nobody knows and it fails. It fails clearly. Big yeah. difference, Pablo. Touche. Brandon Staley going for two and getting a touchdown. They CBS crew did not mention analytics once in that pretty, conversation. They love the call, but it's not analytics. Pretty impressive that he went for two and scored a touchdown. That's that's outstanding. Um, you know also, <laughs> also impressive. I I was also equally impressed by the way that um, Trevor Lawrence like prevailed in that final drive after mm-hmm. the first snap. Like, I, I don't know. I, I pick yes. out these sorts of things as like a significant step because in these games, something about like being believing and believing that you can mm-hmm. do it and making those plays in those situations. And when you're a team like the Jags or going against a team like the Ravens and you start your game winning drive with a sack, a sack fumble. <laughs> yeah, it's time for people to start heading for the exits. But he followed it with some darts, as they call them. The Ravens mm-hmm. followed it with their signature fourth quarter defense. And <laughs> the Ravens followed it by being the dart board. And uh, yes. yeah. I'm sure there were people who got out of the pool in the Jaguar Stadium oh. when uh, that strip sack happened and said, we got to dry off. We got to get home and beat the traffic. I don't blame them. Look at oh. the Jaguars this year. Trevor Lawrence has been excellent on early downs, excellent in the first three quarters of games. Third and fourth down in the red zone in the fourth quarter, they've been a disaster. They've been blowing games. They've been blowing opportunities. It's been the, I hate this argument, but it's true for them, the we don't know how to win thing. And this felt like the first game this year where it felt like the Jaguars actually took a game that was in doubt, 
that honestly they kind of almost blew by by giving the Ravens a short field for a touchdown and then pulled it out and won the game. And I think it's you know, even if we don't see it on a week-to-week basis from Trevor Lawrence, at least we know that's in the arsenal, that he has that in him through all four quarters of a game instead of just having three and maybe a quarter quarters of it. Got to hire a win teacher. Got somebody that's teach true. you how to win. You know, not a win. You well, got to get a win tutor. <laughs> Can you put up that card one more time, uh, please? Does it Alan teach us how to win? If it doesn't teach us how to win, I don't want to see well, it. Well, it's kind of the report card that demands the tutor because according to ESPN <laughs> stats and info, the Jaguars entered the day 0-183 when trailing by 7 or more in the final minute of regulation, which is an astounding wow. number. Oh, and one eighty three. So, I mean, I I feel uh, after Alabaster talks, I'll tell you what I feel. Okay, thank you. Well, I did want to bring up the Raven side of this because I think you're saying that we knew a lot about them before this week, but I think it's worth mentioning that this offense has been stuck in mud for a month, and the defense is really bad. And this is someone who even a couple weeks ago we were thinking of as a potential stealth contender. So are we thinking of that team differently now, even if we knew this deep down? Um, I guess so, maybe. I mean, think, so they were still, like, winning, I guess, mm-hmm. in these ugly games. So it's once they start losing in these ugly games, that tips us in the other direction. But this was never a team that I had a ton of confidence in. But wow. I think what I what I said from the beginning was like they got this Ravens benefit of the doubt that we extend the teams like them and the Patriots teams that we trust their organizational like consistency and stability. If this yeah. were another team playing like this, uh, I would have been out on them a long time ago. But I think part of mm-hmm. it is like I don't know. Lamar's great. Harbaugh knows what he's doing. They actually listen to their analytics department and then pretend like it's just because Lamar is excited and intense. And, uh, yeah, it's an organization that's – and the defense is always good, uh, even when they're bad, and now they're bad and not good. So, yeah, you got to be out on them at this point as far as a Super Bowl champion. Nah, I'm not out on the Ravens yet. I think the defense is better than you're giving it credit for. Granted, granted, they were bad in the fourth quarter here. I, I, I watched that Dolphins game, too. They were bad in that Dolphins game, too. Yeah, that's aberration. But that's two games. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the defense is okay. I'm more concerned about the offense because they left a bunch of plays in the field this week. Their biggest play of the game. Did you see the, their 60-plus their oh. yard play in this game? Woo. It's beautiful. Deshaun Jackson. That is what this offense has come to. Mark Andrews is back in this game. He was fine. Um, but th- that's my concern is that they don't feel like they have the receivers to compete. Yeah, and I mean, they don't. It's not they don't feel like it. They don't. I mean, Rashad Bateman's <laughs> hurt. Um, you you got Hollywood traded away. Like they don't have <laughs> receivers. Um, Mark Andrews is a talented tight end, but as you know, he's a tight end, and they don't go at. They I don't thought go, I. You, thought you I didn't saw know. Travis Kelsey. Thought I saw <laughs> Travis Kelsey running away from Jalen Ramsey in the Chiefs game today. Oh, maybe you did, but it still does not change the fact that they you need a deep threat. They don't got mm-hmm. one. And I think part of the reason why they don't – it also feels like not only do they not have one, uh, mm-hmm. they don't, like, scheme plays for that. And I think part of that is about the defense. It feels mm-hmm. like they don't want to take the risk to go three and out and put their defense on the field. Uh, and they don't take these shots downfield. So when you watch their plays – and Mark Andrews drops some passes. He's not, he like, perfect. But sure. they don't scheme up attempts to take shots down the field. They want to have, like, a methodical drive. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right. 
but that ain't gonna work. You guys just I don't know. You need both. You can't you can't just have methodical drives. You need to hit some shots downfield just to take pressure off the run game, of course. More importantly, Dominique Foxworth, actual question for you. Okay. No exaggeration. None. How old do you think Deshaun Jackson can get to and still be able to make 50-yard plays in the NFL? Even for one play a year, not regularly, just like one 50-yard play per season, he comes on a team, gets one big game. 45? Um, um, nah, definitely older than that. 40. Isaiah 137. Hundred thirty-seven. Yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, Joe Lewis's age and um, coming to America. One hundred thirty-seven years old. Um, Jackson, yeah, we'll have some that yeah, that circuit that big play. Stuff. That big play was. I mean, is Lamar making a big play? It was incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, pinpoint pass, uh, and mm -hmm. it's just not. It's not in their offense, and that no. is like upsetting to me and frustrating and disappointing. Uh, and I don't know if they're gonna put it in like if you. Ravens fans want a new offensive coordinator, and I'm not sure that it's all on the offensive coordinator because it feels like they're also, like I mentioned, trying to protect the defense. It's like mm -hmm. they are one of these teams that does try to have, like, a coherent scheme that is mm -hmm. interconnected, and I do get the feeling since they're, they aren't dumb, like they know that you need to attack down the field because they are not calling those types of plays very often. I get the feeling that they're like, we don't want to do that. Because if mm -hmm. we miss, if we miss there, and we're third and nine, then we're then we're done, and we're gonna have to punt Man, it away and put our defense mm -hmm. with no pass rushers. That feels like that dynamic of we don't want to be ambitious with our goals because we don't want to let our defense into a scenario that they can't handle. Feels like a deeply toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, somehow Bill still thinks that it's healthier than the Bengals. They. They made five trips to the red zone in this game. If they were just the Ravens, this great running, run-blocking team in the red zone, they win this game. And we don't have those problems. Skip the red zone. Take deep shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. get All red zone. Red zone, red zone is, is fickle. It's up and down unless you're the Chiefs. Everybody red else. Yeah, skip the red zone. Go to the end zone when you're outside the red zone. It gets a lot harder to score the closer you get. Fooling around with the red zone bullshit. Well, Just we we should talk about someone who uh, skips both the red zone and the end zone quite frequently, and that's Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. What do you make of Kyler Murray's comment about the Cardinals scheme? Call of Duty, Kyler. Wow. Yeah. Let's. Can we can we pull up the quote just so we get it right? Mm -hmm. because, it's very important. Um, no, it wasn't. That wasn't for Hop actually. I like the jacket. Yeah, it's, it looks like the coolest cool. kid in high school. Yeah. 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 Could use a big hat, though. <laughs> well, uh, well, speaking of enormous amounts of cap, we should find out whether that was actually a truth or a lie. Well done. I'm proud of you. I hate you, but I'm proud of you. The plays <laughs> seem to me like, I guess I don't know exactly what he means by schematically bleeped, but mm -hmm. to me, it seemed like a reasonable short yardage play is it's mm -hmm. like that like quick quick screen or the receivers block and they hit the tight end on the flat it just mm -hmm. seemed like the they other team yeah they knew what the play was and they jumped it so i guess by that if he means he was <laughs> yes they knew the play they jumped it it did not work so yes you were <laughs> but i don't know it doesn't seem to me to be like some big like referendum on 
Cliff Kingsbury, one bad play or one play that didn't work out. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like they were like running two different plays. They all ran the same play. This mm-hmm. was a crap play for the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Kyler. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. But my issue is not that Kyler's upset about this play. I said this has been the same stuff for three years now. Like there's been no repeat, like consistently, Kyler has to make stuff happen on his own. Consistently, there's not easy answers for Kyler Murray in this offense. Consistently, he has to create beyond the confines, beyond the structure of the offense to make this offense work. Now, is this just a breaking point where it's just like I'm I'm sick of it and I'm I'm tired of not having answers in those situations and I want to just be able to to run inside zone or run a zone read or or have you know a, a pick play that actually works? Maybe that's the case, but I, I just find it really weird that of all the weeks where you watch that offense and it looks one track or simplistic or yeah. utterly dependent on Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins making magic happen, that this was the week that finally broke. Kyler Murray. Let me tell you, so this is a little behind the scenes thing is I hadn't heard the quote before we got on here Mm -hmm. and um, Alabaster told me the quote and I was like, you're damn right, Kyler. Like I was excited because it felt like he was coming out and saying the thing that we all know. And mm-hmm. then we later on, Alabaster got some more details and he was like, well, talking about this specific play. And then mm-hmm. I watched the specific play. I was like, actually, this one instance, you're not right. So like over the course <laughs> of your entire career there. Yeah, maybe you guys have been not maybe you have been schematically <laughs> by Cliff Kingsbury this whole time. But in that one play, that one particular play, it didn't seem like the scheme was bad. Like that's a reasonable short yardage play. I don't yeah, know, particularly it, it, when, it, you it, have a, when you have a, um, a dual-threat quarterback who's as dangerous a runner as as you can have, you have mm-hmm. to anticipate that you're going to get them loading the box. You're going to get man coverage on outside. You mm-hmm. run a screen, pick sort of play. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the right call for that situation. They did, it didn't work, but it's fine. So Kyler's wrong right there. But if Kyler would say, that play, man, but whole career, schematically, yeah. I would have said, <laughs> Kyler, you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the interesting part about it to me is they can definitely get rid of the coach and the GM, but they have Kyler Murray on a five-year, $230 million contract. Doesn't that put the Cardinals in a terrible spot? Because he is, I don't know, not been great. Well, that's that's but that's the complication, right? It's not obvious. I mean, well, look, arguably you always go with the scarce talent, but like in terms of like blame apportioning, as mm-hmm. you've already established, it's not like Kyler is blameless here. And so Blames. firing. Okay, go ahead, Dominique. Tell, I'm tell sorry. Us who to blame. I mean, bl- no, no, no. We can spend time deciding who to blame, but for them, blame doesn't matter. Like you have, have one immovable object in your organization. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out how to make it work for them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's his fault or not, I don't give a shit. Like, if you if you are concerned about him being the problem, then you should have thought about that before you signed him and put a stupid clause in the contract like that was going to fix it. <laughs> so now you made your decision. Now you need to figure out how to make things work around him or how you can can how you can like manipulate him into changing his behavior. Oh, so this is this is like, this is what I'm doing, you, Dominic. Commit, this is what I'm doing. You got married. To the, to no, him. no. You know what I do? You know what I do if I'm, I'm just playing now the role of Steve Kime? Uh, I am getting on the phone and I'm calling mm-hmm. the world's best NFL divorce attorney, Bill Barnwell. And I'm saying, Bill Barnwell, how the hell do I get out of this? How do I oh, get out easy. of this? this is easy. 
Steve, this is so easy. You just have to incept Kyler Murray by going through Call of Duty. This is the easiest thing in the world. First, you have Kyler Murray play Call of Duty on a map that happens to involve a, a post-apocalyptic baseball field. And maybe you evoke Ooh. some images of the past in <laughs> Kyler Murray's head. When Kyler Murray gets asleep, you got that Yankee candle that's blades of grass or oh. freshly cut grass. Open it up, just light it up, let Kyler let the freshly cut grass waft into I Kyler's like nose while candle. he's sleeping. Show him the new show him the new ballpark, the latest ballpark the A's are gonna pretend to get before they cancel that ballpark. <laughs> get Kyler to Oakland, have him play for the A's, you're out of the contract, everything is great. Wow. Multi-step process. Genius. I like that. Or you could just quit, Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting paid till 20, you're getting paid till 2027? I'm not quitting. You can you can say I'm uh, not cursing me all you want during the post-game yeah. press conference. Oh, well. All right. I think we earned our check. I don't care what Alabaster thinks. That's right. Let's move on to the last one. Um, mm -hmm. This one comes from Thanksgiving because even though the Bills won, we've had a few weeks where Josh Allen with his injured elbow hasn't looked like early season Josh Allen. Do you still view the Bills as contenders if Josh Allen is playing the way he is now? Hell yeah. Yes. Because in the, in the course of this game where he misses short and intermediate throws, he throws the out of those deep balls all of it all of the in the gets thrown out of them passes boy Damn. as long as he can do that oh it's all gone Damn. as long as he can do that it's nothing left it's an empty an empty football it was a ball that he was holding it had f's in it it had s's in it he threw it it gets there nothing left but air all the f's and the s's were thrown out by him if he is capable of doing that, which he still is, then yes, they are contenders. That oh, was, Von Miller got hurt. Never mind. Know, never mind. You know, they don't you have know, Von Miller. They can't win the championship. That is a professional take, Smith, because he got like 60 seconds out of one sentence of, of analysis. It was you masterful. Are, it was masterful. Truly, truly impressive. I mean, you're right, hanging though. Hanging around sass? Hanging around sass? You're right. You're right, though. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's, it's true. Like, it feels like he is the, it feels like he's like that thing you shoot when you start a game of pinball. Like it might go all the way to the <laughs> other end and you might be, you might just nail it or it might just kind of like go off the side uh, and you might be lost. Like, oh, I don't gosh. think he knows what's coming out when he throws the football, <laughs> which hopefully by the end of the year is fine, but uh, I think it reduces their margin for error at the very least. Uh, like, I feel like. The, the game they played this year against the Chiefs, where it was basically him against Patrick Mahomes, and they were just throwing touchdowns every single drive in the fourth quarter, I don't think they can count on having that for an entire game. I think they have to have more from their defense. And like you said, Von Miller being hurt, maybe for the rest of the year, we don't know. That seems like it's a big problem for them. It's enormous. He, I feel like he closed a bunch of games in the season already, mm -hmm. where at the mm -hmm. end of the game, he's getting massive pressures Yep. Uh, and getting sacks and doing things that are incredibly impactful, which, yeah. And if not, if he's not making a play, he's drawing the attention because everyone mm -hmm. knows where Von Miller is in the fourth quarter. He is like a pitching closer, and they don't have a closer anymore. He's the mm -hmm. Mariano R Rivera of the Marriott. Can I, can I, can I trample over uh, Dominique's uh, Hove references? Reference slash baseball reference, which became yeah. less shocking as I realized it was really a Jay Z reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, baseball. I was briefly like, baseball? "What is what is 
Dominic. I mean, I know Mariano. He's not the Dominic that I know. But, I know him. But here's here, the question I have about Josh Allen is that we'd spent a long time talking about <laughs> for the podcast audience. Yeah, Dominique is is leaving all the <laughs> in that bit in that ball that he's throwing. <laughs> full of yeah, them. I can't throw full, them off. Full there, of more. There's more F's and S's in there. He's actually inserting Dominic them. <laughs> he's injecting them. Um, oh. We spent a lot of time doing the thing with Patrick Mahomes about two deep safeties and cover two and how they figured yep. out Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that, I've noticed, with Josh Allen. It's mostly that Josh Allen is sort of like unfiguring out himself. Is it, is it really that way? I just want to be sure about how we're so, how we're I, I think this. I, I took, a, um, like, I disagree with one thing that Bill said is Josh doesn't know what he's going to do when he's throwing the ball, what's going to happen when he throws the ball. I think it's the exact opposite. He believes every time that he throws oh, he the ball, it's going to be a touchdown. For sure. Yeah, he, know, he knows it. He knows it. Because he'd be throwing them things <laughs> like they're like he's about to do a celebratory dance. And they just happen to get turned over a little more often than most quarterbacks. I don't mm-hmm. think I – I mean, it doesn't feel like a regression to me. It feels like Josh was bad, then Josh was really good, and Josh is still really good. It's just part of the reason why we thought he was really, really good was we remember his playoff run last year. We don't mm-hmm. remember his regular season last year. And we kind of like forget throughout the course of this season, he was hitting dudes in the chest with balls, and they was dropping them. Like, this is who he is. He's going to give them opportunities. But the – the good outweighs the bad. So, like, we remember last year he threw six touchdowns against the Pats, and then he went mm-hmm. touchdown for touchdown with Patrick Mahomes and probably should have won that game. But, mm-hmm. like, Patrick Mahomes did something amazing with no time left. <laughs> also, and so we, ta- rules, we, yeah. Pre- yeah, mm-hmm. we pretend like he is infallible. I'm guilty of that also. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened this year. So, yeah, he's gone on a stretch where his elbow got hurt and the other team started catching him. I'm sorry. You want more analysis? I did it again. I just gave you 60 seconds on one thought. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. That was a couple thoughts. And you're not wrong. But, like, I I do think that Josh Allen, by his nature, Josh Allen thinks the tiniest window on the field is Josh Allen's and Josh Allen's exclusively. And he can hit that tiny window from any spot on the field. And he can. But right now, it is fair to say that there are times where what he thinks he's putting out there when he goes to throw the ball is not actually what comes out when he actually releases the football. And we've seen, yeah. I think Romo's talked about it a bunch, like how it's like you'll get like this shock in your arm. I've never thrown a football. I've never even thrown the ball <laughs> forward before, so I can't say. But you'll get like a shock feeling and you won't get the same kind of zip on your passes. And I think that's yeah. what's happening here is that like one every 10 or 15 passes, what Josh Allen is expecting turns out to be like, 20% of the power he has typically. I think that's what happened in that game against the Vikings when he threw the interception to Patrick Peterson to end that game. He had a receiver on that that concept that would have worked. He just did not put the ball where he expected to put the football. So yes, he is going to have bad games. Last year he had the Jaguars game. We forget about the Falcons game where he was a mess at home. It happens. They're going to be fine. But I do think that I'm more concerned about the defense right now than I am about Josh Allen. See? Great take. We, we got... Two takes minutes here now. Oh, well, I got a surprise for you guys. What is it? I now have a fresh shape up. When we come back, (laughs) I would have had some new growth in between.
going to be amazing. Stay tuned for wow. that. Spencer, me, hair, football, college style, amateurs. Bye, Bill. I'm also there. Bye. Eh, whatever. <laughs>